today on Ag News Daily. I was involved in a farm incident, a farm accident, an explosion to where some said that I, uh, I could have perished and perhaps I should have perished. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Ag News Daily Podcast, and I'm one of your hosts, Delaney Howell, flying solo again today. Should expect Mike back from travels on Monday. So you're stuck with me, just me, on this Fry-yay episode of the Ag News Daily Podcast. Got a lot of news going on, but do stay tuned. I'm going to have a great discussion with the 2017 Pig Farmer of the Year, Leon Sheets, who's a farmer in Iona, Iowa and also served as president of the Iowa Pork Producers Council. I think he serves as chairman, or I can't remember his title. He also serves with the U.S. Farmers and Ranchers Alliance currently, but he also, he's got a laundry list of accomplishments, but he also um, really gets personal today and shares his story and his experience with an accident that was nearly fatal and could and should have probably been fatal, as he'll later share. And he encourages other producers to be aware of what's going on in the workplace. Don't be complacent and, you know, ultimately have some safety measures in place so things like his accident don't happen to other farmers. So do stay tuned for that really great episode here on this Friday. But as I mentioned, we've got a lot of news going on. Holy cow, today. I'm going to kick it off here with obviously the biggest chunk that we have to talk about, and that is we finally have the USMCA agree, agreement signed. Um, President Trump, President Nieto, and Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, signed that agreement just this morning, Friday morning, at the G20 summit down there in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Very exciting news for today. We definitely saw the commodity markets I don't know if this was the excitement that spurred it or just the whole G20 summit in general, but we definitely saw some strength in the grains, especially today. However, there are still some questions when it comes to the the, um, tariffs. We don't yet know really what's going to happen with the steel and aluminum tariffs. Those are still in place. We don't have really any clarity in the Class 7 dairy dilemma that has still been unresolved and the text hasn't really been um, clarified. So still waiting to see what happens there. And the last kind of nail in the coffin or thing that we're going to have to see happen here is, okay, it's been signed by these three head of states, but now Congress still has to vote on it. And I believe, I don't believe that they're going to have time to do it before we head into our recess here. And so we'll see the House take over as a Democratic majority. That could alter some of the steps or could alter what we see here with the USMCA agreement. So Congress still has to vote on that. And I'm guessing it's not going to happen until those new legislators get put in place. So that's definitely something we need to continue watching. But at least we have it. We've seen it formalized now with head of states. I think that's great because President Nieto is stepping out of office here very shortly. So at least we have a signature. We've got the ink signed. It's fresh ink, but it's signed. So good news there. As we know, the G20 summit did kick off this morning. And tomorrow, President Trump and President Xi Xi will be sitting down for a meeting. If we have any breaking news, we'll be sure to tweet it and share it on our Facebook page at Ag News Daily. But President Trump made some comments saying he is, quote, open to cutting an agreement, but, quote, 
frankly, I like the deal we have right now. So he apparently likes the hardball tariff playing that we're doing with China. Going to see if uh, President Xi makes any concessions. I thought this was interesting, though. Well, I guess going off of uh, just what's going on in China, totally unrelated to the, the um, well, I guess not totally unrelated. African swine fever, as we know, we, that's something we definitely talk about here on the podcast. And for the first time since, I believe, August, China's soy meal has pushed into negative territory and they imported U.S. pork for the first, well, not for the first time in a long time, but a significant amount of pork for the first time in quite a while. So we might see some of that uh, concern over African swine fever play out this weekend during the G20 summit. All right, well, that's the great news we've got going on today. No doubt, indeed. We've also got some news here from the biofuel for the biofuel industry. The EPA announced today an increase in advanced biofuels to be blended into the nation's fuel supply in 2020, and in total, 4.92 billion gallons of advanced biofuel are to be blended, with 418 million gallons of that coming from cellulosic biofuels. And I believe that's about a 15% increase in biofuel blending. So that's definitely exciting there. The EPA also left room for 15 billion gallons of conventional biofuel, which is typically ethanol to also be blended in there. And in total, the EPA calls for 19.92 billion gallons of renewable fuels to be blended in 2019. Got some... uh, Finally, some movement there in the biofuel industry. And as we know, and we mentioned earlier this week, I believe, on the podcast, those small refinery or hardship waivers are currently on freeze. So folks will not be able to get out of this quite yet, get out of these blending requirements. All right, what else is there to talk about today? Well, Farm Bill, we still don't know. We don't have a text released yet, but... We're expected to see one next week. There are some things floating around now that we can softly confirm, I'll say that. And one of those is um, sources confirmed that the bill will now allow cousins, nieces, and nephews to qualify for commodity program program payments, which was apparently a priority for some southern growers. And there will be no changes in the means to test for producers. So the adjusted gross income level will stay at $900,000 a year. Uh, We know that CRP ground, it's been softly confirmed by a source at AgriPulse I spoke with just this morning on the phone, said um, it looks like we're going to see that CRP ground increase to the 27 million acres. And I actually... Crossing my fingers, I'm tentatively going tomorrow to an event here put on um, in Iowa. And Senator Klobuchar will be speaking, so if she shares anything about the Farm Bill, I'll be sure to update folks as well. We also might see some action on the trade front next week for the Market Facilitation Program. USDA officials are hoping to announce the implementation of the second tranche of of payments as early as next week, because December was kind of that timeline that Secretary Purdue has announced the beginning of December. So the exact timing is unclear, but we're expected to see that come to fruition soon. The only question I have is if we do get a deal in place with uh, China this weekend, which I think is highly unlikely, I'm not quite that optimistic. I think it's good we're having trade talks, but I don't think we're going to see a trade deal put in place this weekend. But if we do, 
I'm not sure that the uh, second round of payments will be released. So if payments do remain at the same rate for the second installment, soybean, wheat, sorghum, cotton, dairy, and pork producers will be receiving about another $4.7 billion, which is about the same amount that is distributed or has been distributed here in the first tranche. Looking ahead to 2019, hard to believe it's right around the corner, the USDA is now predicting agriculture exports in fiscal year 2019 will total just $141.5 billion, which is a $3 billion drop from the department's forecast back in August and a $1.9 billion decrease from exports in fiscal year 2018. Of course, a lot of that is due to what's going on right now on the trade front. Decreases in soybean exports and prices, commodity prices, are their reasoning and primarily the biggest result of their forecast dropping. U.S. soybean exports alone are forecast at $18.7 billion, which is down from the August estimate of $21 billion. And last year, the U.S. exported $21.6 billion worth of soybeans to China in fiscal year 18. So definitely going to continue seeing that hit if we don't see something go into place this weekend with the G20 summit. It looks like that is about all the news I have for today. Actually, I did want to bring up one other quick thing running through the newswire's just the other day, I think producers need to be cognizant of, I think a lot of producers are cognizant of it, but as we know, the livestock ELD mandates is a very important issue to a lot of folks here um, across beef country, and that extension runs out, the uh, extension that Congress passed back in, let's see, I think it was, I want to say March, not positive that that's right. I think it was March. But anyways, um, Congress only granted that extension or the temporary exemption through December 7th. And that is just about a week away today on Friday. So we're going to continue seeing Congress uh, discuss that and hopefully get at least another extension. They've got a lot on their plates, no doubt. But that is another thing to keep in mind. I think uh, correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe this is something we need to talk to a specific legislator or a lawyer about, but I think if the extension goes away and they don't re-extend it or create a new extension or amendment, I think that goes into effect, that uh, the hauling and, and um, requirements go into effect for all producers, including livestock producers, so we'll keep you up to date on that as we know more. But you know who does know a lot, especially about the commodity markets? The Zayner Group guys. They're great guys over there. They've just got a new market analyst in place. I just talked to his head cipher this morning. He said they've got a great new spreads guy over there. Give him a call today if you have questions about marketing or hedging or decisions that could affect your operation. You can call them at 312-277-0050. Looking across the board today, as I mentioned, we've seen a lot of strength especially in the grain markets. The December corn contract finished up six and a quarter cent at 366 and a half, while the March finished up four and a half cents to end at 377 and three quarters. In the soybean pits, the January put on seven and a half cents to close at 894 and three quarters, while the March put on seven cents even to close at 907 and a half. 
The Wheat Pits definitely took some strength today. The Chicago December contract up 19 and a quarter cent to close at 15 and three quarters, while the March up eight cents even to end at 15 and three quarters, 515 and three quarters cent. Looking over in the livestock markets, a little bit of a mixed message here coming from the live cattle and feeder cattle. The December contract up 32 and a half cents to close at 116.92 and a half. And remember, that we are seeing options expire there for that contract, while the February close up 22.5 cents to end at 120.50. In the feeder cattle pits, the January contract dropped 75 cents today to close at 145.22.5, while the March down 82.5 cents to close at 142.85. In the lean hog markets, the December front month contract down 85 cents on the day to close at 57.87, while the deferred up 20 cents to close at 67.55. And rounding out the morning with our dairy friends in the Class 3 milk, the December down 14 cents, giving up all of yesterday's gains to close at $14 even, while the January down 5 cents to close at 14.38. As I mentioned, I've got a great interview with Leon Sheets coming up here in just a moment, so do stay tuned. Well, I am catching up with Leon Sheets, who is a pork farmer, a pig farmer from Iona, Iowa. Leon, thank you so much for chatting with me today. It's our pleasure to share the story. So let, I want to talk to you about a couple of different things. We're here at this event focused around um, health care and mental health in rural America, and you have been an advocate for safety in the workplace. Will you tell me why you've been such an advocate? I was involved in a farm incident, a farm accident, an explosion to, to where some said that I, uh, I could have perished and perhaps I should have perished. And I realized it is something, uh, it was a new topic uh, if we talk about foaming in the pits, is that not a lot of information was known on and how to deal it and handle with it, but it was something that appears or should be preventable if we use some safety precautions till our research and science can come up and give us a, a conclusion, uh, a program on how to fix it, how to eliminate it. So in the meantime, we have to tell people to be aware of it and what precautions they can take. And, and what it takes is basically a survivor to bring the credibility and tell that story. So I'm going to ask you for your story because you've got a great story and you've now got it very practiced. You said you think you've done um, triple digit number interviews. So can you share with us the story that happened to you firsthand? Uh, it would be enlightened as an educational for uh, a, the public, but particularly on the, on the pig producer side that if they see that in their barn, what to do. Uh, in mind, you remember the dates is that September 15th, 2014, uh, doing a quick maintenance, going to quick soak a room uh, with some foaming uh, in the pit. Uh, apparently the water, uh, moving the wand back and forth on the water, burst the bubbles that were full of methane with the standing light behind it in an enclosed area without enough ventilation, and it went boom! Real loud, and that ball of fire is like you see on the movie Backdraft. It came from behind, uh, ran over me, it hit the wall in front, and came back and hit me again. And in the process then of uh, turning off the water and the washer, uh, leaving the scene, uh, making certain I had to do the stop, drop, and roll uh, to prevent because there were embers on the back of my polyester coveralls. Maybe should have been wearing cotton instead, but that's a whole other discussion. Uh, the wherewithal to walk around the end of the building and turned off the, uh, the propane tanks, uh, turned the power off, and uh, pulled a stop on the generator. The building's on fire, but there's no sense. What do you do? 
and then I made that 911 call, which I've never had to do that uh, uh, that conversation. And from that point, uh, the first to arrive was uh, a gentleman who'd been through an explosion and fire and spent time in the burn unit, rolled up and dropped down the end gate of his pickup. And like two farmers, we sat on the back of the end gate when I've, I've got these blisters on my arm and blisters on my face and my glass fronts are melted and my, my hair is, uh, didn't burst into flames, but it's melted. And I'm not looking too good, and we're just sitting there swinging. And, Leon, you know you're going to Iowa City, don't you? I figured I was going to go see the doc somewhere. You'll be okay, though, which was pretty reassuring words, and I thank you for that. So a period of uh, nine days in uh, Iowa City in the burn unit and uh, grafting, they called it, 20 to 30% uh, second and third degree. And then I showed a picture on my back that wasn't that, didn't need grafting, but it was pretty in- inclusive on the back and. And my face was, uh, that was marginal and debatable. And nine days in rehab was that the, the tough part was uh, where they took the graft off for your skin uh, to put it back on what was really burnt bad. And I could not talk the doctors into using pig skin. I thought it would be poetic <laughs> that the pig farmer yeah. was having yeah. pig skin on his place. And she said, no, we'd rather use your own skin. And I said, let me go home. I'll bring my own pig along <laughs> if you let me. Uh, and I, too, try to make a light a little bit of humor to catch it, to break it, because it's a pretty serious discussion. It, it could happen. And, and the reason I'm sitting chatting about it, that I was advocating before when I was president of the Iowa Pork Producers. Uh, I called for the vote when Iowa put $3 million in the research over a three-year project to try to fix the problem. And many of the members in the room that day will remember I ended my pitch before I called for the vote with somebody's going to get hurt. And I said, all those in favor. Uh, And we passed it. I did not anticipate being the poster child, and it it took a little bit. Uh, But as leader, the word got out that I was involved in the accident. Uh, The word went out. Folks knew who I was and the subject. And then I'd heard of a couple more incidents of when we were washing and not just pumping the pit where folks were getting hurt. And then in the spring of uh, May of... uh, 2015, two ladies perished in a similar fire in, in southwest Minnesota, and I said, enough's enough. Uh, I called some of my friends in the press, and I said, I'll talk. we got to get this stopped. No more. Nobody else. This is enough of it. And hence, they took the story, and and if I'm the poster child and Barry, it's a good message that we need to stop what was going on, and what I found since then, we got out and talked, and we've developed some barn posters to be aware of it. And in the meantime, we have not had any incidences of people getting hurt that way. The problem hasn't stopped and gone away, but uh, I will continue on talking, and hopefully we have more advocates and the opportunity to talk with the media and the press. As a reminder, is that things can still happen. It's a new event that's happening on the farms, and, and what we learn to, to prevent that, that is important because it's our people. Uh, as Pig Farmer of the Year, carrying the We Care message is that, our message is, is with safety, food safety, but safety for, for the animals in our farm, but also our employees and our family. Because what I was doing could have been my wife. Like a lot of farms, is that the, the wives help out in wash. Mm-hmm. It could have been one of my kids. Uh, it's at the stage now one of my grandkids could be doing that project. And that I can't live with. So when you're talking to other producers, maybe not necessarily just pork producers, how are you encouraging them to be safe? I mean... Farmers as a whole, 
they do a lot of things that they probably shouldn't know, shouldn't I look at what we do on our operation I think dad maybe you shouldn't do that sometimes grandpa has done some stuff that's I, I mean I've even done stuff where it's like looking back I'm like oh that was probably really stupid how do you work with producers to to get them to think twice I mean they've got a lot going on we've got harvest just finished up or is finishing up for a lot of folks they're not necessarily cognizant of being safe or their safety I think the mentality over the years is is getting improving as if I remember looking at my granddad he had three good fingers on both hands uh, my dad uh, just had one nub damage just a little bit I walk as a generation I don't have any and I do not want my son and I don't not want my grandkids to be walking around with any of that that dismemberment uh, I have that reminders if I roll up my sleeve you look at my hand you can see I don't have any hair right now on, on the top of my palm is on the back of my hand uh, that's all from the grafting is I'm a walking reminder when folks see it it's kind of a billboard they understand who I'm doing is that we're aware of it that yeah we've done some things in the past because we've been in a hurry that we've done it that way umpteen times and guys are guys and dads are dads and I have a daughter and I have a wife that that are constantly but all of a sudden there's a point to where um, when we're out with our youth and we're teaching them how to farm is that it's not do as I tell you I'll show you how and all of a sudden it, it comes back in they're going to learn and watch how I'm doing it. And if I'm doing it wrong and taking those shortcuts, that's how they're going to do it. And I don't want to make that call to my daughter or my daughter-in-law that something happened. So all of a sudden, uh, we're, we're doing things different. What happened maybe now, what we know after the fact, is that education and learning, we could have done something different, and we do preach what to do different. But early on, we weren't all that certain what to do about it. And now we do, and now we practice that. And by seeing folks that, that have the, the challenges is I'm fortunate. I got all my faculties back is that scars are okay. I can live with the scars uh, if they help remind a little bit. Uh, and out in the message, but all of a sudden, uh, life with those challenges and seeing those folks, is that's not how we want to go through. So a lot of folks are becoming cognizant that, uh, A, if it's insurance is slowing you back down and spending some time in a facility that, if all of a sudden you're taken away um, from your farm that you've got a that's quite an adjustment to make absolutely okay so besides that stuff I I, I appreciate what you're sharing with us but I also want to make sure we talk about the fact that you're a, a celebrity in the pork industry you served as the Iowa pork producer president for a year and you're also the pig farmer of the year 2017 is that right that's correct tell me about those two experiences and what that's done for you in the industry you know, as as I walked through and got involved in uh, the swine, the pig business, is that uh, the state organization, the grassroots organization, kind of worked up as that uh, some folks saw something in me, and they, they kind of pushed me to, to step forward in leadership at the county level to be president, then all of a sudden moved uh, from the district level to be a district driver, and, and when I got on the di- uh, district, got on the state board, then all of a sudden there was a push that, that thought I would be a good leader for the organization, and so you learn how to communicate, explain, and listen, uh, and, and talk about our industry. It gave some opportunities to travel and, and spread the message. Uh, I'm pretty fair at promotion, and I don't mind getting indication, is that uh, I'm sure hoping we're having pig for lunch today back in there. <laughs> I sure hope it walks on four feet and not on two. Uh, pardon my, uh, you know, my other farmer friends, but I, I have my passion is um, I did not mind stepping forward and sharing our message because we have a lot of good things, whether it's a promotion at a, at a store or with consumers on a grill or whether we step back and we have to go to the capital uh, at the state or at the national is that 
the the goal is to make our farms and our pig business better and i understand and realize that somebody has to be in those those positions and i was able to make my my farm work by taking some time and being there because a if we call it my story we've been using that but when i tell them what i'm doing on my farm and explain to them why i think that we ought to be doing legislative or activities this way it's for the better of agriculture and our businesses um that is important so i step up and when you see some good it kind of makes you want to go back on when you have some wins uh and those uh, those losses uh makes you challenge that we got to have more wins i never thought that i was pig farmer of the year material but some folks so tell me pig farmer of the year explain to maybe the, the producers that are listening that the, don't raise pork what that award is the the pig farmer of the year is a recognition of of a pig farmer who does the we care principles it are the six principles of the we care that we use as our sustainability topic and what it is is that you are the main spokesman is that we all subscribed and signed up to be we care stewards we're going to take care of the land we're going to take care of the environment we're going to be good stewards of safety for our product our, our people and we're going to be concerned about our employees and i probably forgot one of the six but that's <laughs> not unusual is uh i am the spokesperson am and was a spokesman for the year touting that that was a message uh i went through an interview and a selection process and and came out as it was selected to represent have the opportunity to represent america's pig farmers for the year and uh, but that doesn't mean that when uh, my reign was up is that i can go away is that you still have the contacts and we're still out sharing is that i've got the we care shirt on is that that's one of the things i bring up because i'm talking about uh pigs uh, and a lot of folks don't make that connotation that pork is basically pig meat. That's where it comes from. Is that surprising? On the farm, we understand that, but not every place I travel. So you'll hear me talk about pig, uh, where I notice you've been using pork, and that's fine. Is uh, we understand that actually a lot of folks don't realize that bacon is the pig. So uh, it's what we learn in our, our consumer uh, consumer studies. So uh, the opportunity to carry the message out that our consumers have gotten away from the farm, and by being out and talking about it and a lot of producers, farmers will get concerned that it's all activists when they ask a question about what we're doing. What they hear is that, um, well, what about antibiotics or what about mm-hmm. sow housing? That is not a really hot topic with them. It's the last thing they may have read or heard. And so they want to engage us and act like they know something about farming, which is really good for us. And you'll find that about 70% of the folks just want to talk about farming. They want to know what you do and how you do it and where their food comes from. And that's what uh, we try to get out and do on the venues that I was doing uh, uh, those events through uh, National Pork Board's Operation Main Street for quite a few years. I've got quite a few presentations. I don't keep track anymore. I guess they do. I don't. Uh, The opportunity to speak big is that, hey, grab the coffee and let's chat. Uh, But all of a sudden when we brought We Care is that that is the thing that they want to know. Where's their food coming from? Is that, well, I heard. And they understand is that sometimes what you hear on certain sources isn't always credible, and they want to hear the other side. They they ask because they don't know and they want to know. And so they're very open and friendly and assured is that when we sit back and we talk farming, and as, as pig farmers, producers, we can talk farming. Just tell them about what you're doing. And that's what the consumer wants to hear about. They want to rest assured that we're not one of those radical folks that are doing all those bad things uh, uh, that some of the folks are alleging that we want to do. No, here's what we're doing. I'll tell you why we're doing it. And they just really want to make the connection with pork producers or cattle producers or whoever. They want to make connection where their food is coming from. Uh, and it makes no difference that I uh, am now a sustainability officer for 
um, U.S. Farmers and Ranchers Alliance. And so I represent all the species, so I had to put in the quote about uh, on the two-legged because when I go out and chat as a U.S. Farmers and Rancher spokesman at Sustainability, and every company that we do business with has a sustainability office. They have got somebody that's talking sustainability, and you can say, well, we don't have a definition. Well, yes, we do. They want to know that we're taking care of the environment, we're trying to do more with less, and we do care about the land and what we're doing. And the opportunity to speak and that's what the one of people that we are taking care of the land because there's folks who are saying we're not so uh, a venue to chat with the, our consuming public about what we're doing that's what they want to hear uh, so whether it be just pig production and I do have cattle uh, and I grew up raising chickens and uh, uh, I can turn around we still ought to have the egg junction classes I can do that also I grew up on a dairy farm so I, I understand the the twice a day or three times a day as they do now and folks think I have the dairy cow dairyman mentality that three four o'clock in the morning is not unusual to be up out and about floating uh, but that's me and my style but whether whatever you're growing whether you're growing tomatoes or potatoes or corn or beans or pigs or cows or chickens it's all the same we're taking care of the land we're taking a safe wholesome product for our consuming public that's the goal and we talk because whether they're in California or New York or Louisiana or in North Dakota, wherever they're from, we're all doing the same job. We're not just trying to throw something at the American consumer. Also, the same event, I've had the opportunity to travel overseas. You rest assured, those folks, that they think that we're sending our garbage, our, our stuff that's not good, when, I, when the product leaves my farm, I do not know whether it's going for domestic consumption, whether it's going to be at the restaurant I'm eating supper at in three or four days, or whether when I travel overseas to Korea or Japan or to Russia, it is going to be the meal on that plate. And I want to make certain when I'm eating someplace that it's good. I couldn't have summed it up better myself. Leon, thank you so much for your time. It is a pleasure. Thank you. All right, everyone. Well, another great Friday episode here on the Ag News Daily Podcast. And I'm telling you, you guys need to stay tuned in this weekend. We're probably going to see the markets move crazy on Sunday, depending on the outcome of the G20 Summit. We've got Farm Bill. We've got ELD mandates. We've got a lot of stuff coming out here over the next couple of days, the next couple of weeks as we go into 2019. Stay tuned. Stay connected with the Ag News Daily Podcast on Facebook and Twitter by searching for at Ag News Daily. You can connect with us there. You can connect with us on our new home, globalagnetwork.com, or connect with any of our other smart fellow co-podcasters. They've got a lot of great things to say as well. Check them out on the Global Ag Network. With that, I hope everybody has a great weekend. I'm going to let you go. 